Hello and welcome to The Check-In. Thank you for checking in with us today for connection, community, and conversation over the airwaves. On Fridays, as always, we look for inspiration, even as we continue to make our way to a new normal right now. And today's inspiration is classical music. If you wanted to, you could watch a symphony just about every day right now. Classical music has gone very much online. It almost seems as if classical music is more accessible now than ever before because it comes right to your living room or to your computer. So today we're talking with the conductor and executive director of MOSI, the Missouri Symphony Society, about music performance and the classical music world these days, how it's weathering the crisis, going virtual, and going forward into the summer. We'll also be talking with some musicians with MOSI. As it happens, while life has slowed down for many of us, MOSI has actually been ramping up, it looks like, planning a 15-concert virtual series for its annual summer hot summer nights extravaganza. So we will find out what the highlights are for this series coming up and what it's like pushing all that talent and music to an online platform. So I'd love to welcome our guests for the day. Maestro Kirk Trevor with Mosey is joining us. Welcome, Kirk Trevor. Thank you again very much. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you here. Also, Trent Rash. Trent is the executive director of Mosey. Welcome, Trent. Hello, welcome. Thanks for having us. And we also have with us Siri Greenan, a musician with Mosey, who also teaches dozens of violin students locally. Welcome, Siri Greenan. Hi, thank you for having me. And you also, listeners, can join this discussion. Are you a musician finding ways to make music right now? Perhaps you're a music teacher whose lessons have gone online, or maybe you're a huge fan of classical music who's found something to watch online and you have something to recommend for us. Let us know how you're engaging with music and particularly classical music these days. Let me start with you, um, uh Maestro Trevor and uh, Trent Rash, as you are planning for a really big series coming up, um, Hot Summer Nights, and apparently this is going to be virtually. How is that going? Uh, let me start with you, uh, well, I, Kirk. Yeah. Um, so once we knew that the live Hot Summer Nights Festival would not take place this summer, uh, we got down and decided that we would try to have a regular festival, meaning the same number of concerts, basically on the same days that we would normally have uh, 15 concerts in, in 30 days. Um, and I curated concerts from the last decade that we have videos um, broadcast of, and they go back as far as 2011. And so I've made combinations of various concerts. I didn't just uh, pick single concerts in their entirety, but um, combined programs that would have the same mix as our regular Hot Summer Nights Festival, which is the, the, the largest summer music festival here in, in, mid, in Missouri and probably in, in the Midwest, but certainly for three states in the total number of concerts performed in um, the number of days. So we have a 15-concert series that consists of our masterwork series, classical music. We have pop series. We have some family concerts. We have our chamber music programs and our patriotic pop. So it, it's like our reg, as if we had a regular Hot Summer Nights Festival, except people will be seeing it through their computers or through their phones rather than sitting in the seats of the Missouri Theater. 
Okay, great. Let me ask you, um, Trent Rush, what do you see as some of the highlights coming up for Hot Summer Nights? Oh, well, it's, it's, I'm, I'm really, you know, excited about the work that, that Maestro Kirk has done and putting these concerts together because it's really, you know, what's really great is that um, this year is actually our 50th anniversary. And so while we are unfortunate that we can't be in the theater, it's, it's really kind of sweet that we can actually look back at some concerts over the past 10 years and to curate this uh, sort of celebration uh, for our anniversary by looking back at some of our most memorable, memorable performances. I know, you know, I'm really excited uh, at we're, we're pulling back a concert actually from last summer, which is Harry Potter meets, meets Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big fan of John Williams music, so it'll mm-hmm. be fun to, um, to listen to that movie music. And I know that the, the orchestra does that so well. And um, in addition, we're, we're actually going to have a, a concert that features um, uh, a piece by um, uh, he, our, our, our former maestro, Hugo Vianello, which is, which is kind of nice, mm. a good tie into our anniversary as well. Um, and he actually um, introduces it. So we get a, a little piece of him in there as well. Uh, so it's, it's, it's going to be really great for everyone to kind of look back and, and see what we have done as we sort of celebrate what we want to do in the future. All right. Sounds in- that sounds incredible. Let me just remind everyone, this is the check-in on KBIA, and today we're checking in with Mosey, the Missouri Symphony Society. We're talking with Maestro Kirk, Trevor with the Missouri Symphony Society, Trent Rash, and we also have Siri Grinnan, a musician and music teacher with us. We're talking about the world of classical music and musicians, how everyone's continuing to perform and connect throughout this crisis. Um, Maestro Kirk, let me ask you what your highlights are um, coming up with the hot summer nights that you're thinking about? Well, I think all of our concerts are exciting because I've had, you know, 95 concerts to choose from. So I could certainly take what I consider to be the strongest programs. Obviously, we are going to perform iconic works as much as we can so that uh, we can be as broad as we can, works that have the test of time, like Scheherazade, which is one of our programs, um, Rimsky-Korsakoff's Great Tale. Uh, the orchestra plays Schmetner from my homeland, a great mm. patriotic work uh, that talks about all of the various parts of the Czech nation. Uh, my daughter, Chloe, is, uh, has, has been a regular soloist uh, around the world, but here in Missouri as well, uh, will be performing the Tchaikovsky Violin Concerto from 2014. Um, we have two performances of the Bolero, uh, which is, you know, as hot as it gets in, in many ways. As the, the first one is from our opening pops concert with the Missouri Contemporary Ballet, one of our great partners here in Columbia, and uh, um, uh, Karen Grundy, who is their artistic director, and I worked on a program, two different programs, and this one is from 2018, in which uh, we took Ravel's great score and and, uh, turned it into a contemporary ballet. And then uh, our last program, which is traditionally called Orchestral Fireworks, ends with a live performance of only the orchestral uh, version, which is um, much more exciting because we had a lot more instruments on stage than we were able to have in the pit. So it's a cross-section, it's an eclectic mix of music um, from all of the ages, and as I said, from the last 10 years, oh. I think, you know, the, the coronavirus has has kind of posed a question for a lot of contempt for a lot of classical musicians. You know, how do you remain yourself in another place? How do you how do we take what is deeply important to us 
in a place where you have basically no contact with the outside world. And since we talk about communication as being the main means in which we transport and trans, um, pr promote these wonderful works of the, the Western canon, yes. um, world orchestras are kind of having to rethink how they play to an empty hall. Uh, and, of course, we've seen a lot of Zooming and a lot of so-called live performances online. But the reality is technology is not there yet for us to actually perform live online unless you're a multi-billion dollar orchestra like the, the Berlin Philharmonic or the Rotterdam Philharmonic. The Rotterdam gave a wonderful five-minute version of Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. But the amount of editing and video editing and getting all of those 100 different videos together to make one three-minute video is so enormous that the, the general orchestra like ours, the America's professional orchestras, are struggling with, uh, outside of the major cities, with maintaining a contact with their regular audience. And so this is a way for us to do it, is to curate this, these wonderful programs out of the 95 that I looked at. We picked 15. And uh, hopefully, you know, maybe in the winter we'll have a winter season um, as well before we return to the live stage next year. All right. And uh, that's all. There's so much to talk with you more about there, Maestro Kirk, about how you're rethinking performance, rethinking, connecting with audiences in the classical music world. And uh, Kirk, you mentioned, I think, when we were corresponding a little bit before, um, a popular performance from Hot Summer Nights in 2018 and Dvorak's uh, New World Symphony, which I think we might even have a clip from. Uh, can you tell us about that music? And is that part of Hot Summer Nights coming up? Well, New World Symphony, Dvorak was, of course, in the America for three years in Iowa and in New York. And this work was actually performed for the first time in the United States. The New World assignation is just from the fact that he utilized uh, pentatonic themes in the slow movement, which is what we're listening to here. And the very famous English horn solo was taken from some... Um, African-American folk songs that he had heard when he was in Spillville, Iowa. And um, Dvorak is, and is a Czech composer have always been close to my heart because I was music director there for a number of years in the 90s, and I still am there as principal conductor of the Slovak Philharmonic. My wife, Maria, is a Slovak as well. So hmm. um, we, have a, we have a house there in, in Bratislava, so my connection to the Czech Republic, speaking the language and, and loving the people, um, this connection between America and the Czech Republic, uh, I think is an important one. It has been musically and in other ways. And the Czech Republic has been suffering just as America has one of the, uh, but they did a different form of shutdown. They shut down the whole country. They closed the borders. And I think they're just about to reopen them, but they have managed to um, stay a little safer by just closing all of the borders and uh, shutting down the cities. Right. Let's just, Kirk, that is a fascinating background that you just shared on this song and also with your personal connection to um, 
this country and this symphony. Let's just take a moment to listen to Dvorak's New World Symphony. You can hear that folk melody uh, that you mentioned coming through much of this song. So we'll just take a minute and listen here for a few seconds. That's Dvorak's New World Symphony. And you're listening to the check-in. You do have the right station. This isn't the classical music station. It is a KBIA, and you're checking in with us. But we are talking about classical music. So this is where we listen and talk over the music on this side of things on KBIA. And we're talking with Maestro Kirk Trevor with the Missouri Symphony Society, Mosey and Trent Rash, executive director of the society. Um, let's bring another voice into our discussion. Siri Greenan, you are a musician, I believe a violinist with uh, Mosey, and you're also teaching. How are things going for you right now? Well, actually, I'm going very well. Um, I'm fortunate to have very supportive families that I teach. I have about 40 young violin students that I teach the Suzuki Violin Method to. Um, starting March 16th, right before the shelter in place, um, I trans, you know, did my studio to an online platform, um, went very smoothly for the most part, and um, been having weekly lessons with all the kids. Um, actually, often during a normal time when, when I would see my students, they would have conflicts with soccer games or various school events, and we didn't have any of those conflicts. So um, I was kind of surprised to actually see all of my students every week and realize, whoa, I have a lot of students. <laughs> I've been very busy, um, but grateful for that. They're working hard. I think hopefully having the weekly check-ins with me has given their life some sense of normalcy. I know it has mine. So um Okay, it's so you feel like well. so you feel like uh, for you as a teacher, it's changed a lot, but it's going well. Um, you're able to connect with your students, and your students are are doing okay right now too. They really are, um, and certainly, you know, I sometimes hear the excuse that they've been too busy to practice, or there's this or that. There's a lot of time to practice right now, so um, I'm grateful to report that many of them are really using that time wisely, and I feel a lot of progress is being made. I also think it shows the students the importance of of what music can give their lives in addition to learning something but maybe giving them some joy um, many of my students have taken their instruments and played for family members that can't get out um, i know my own daughters have gone over to my mom's and played in the driveway performances for her i think sharing the music in that way um, makes everybody a little happier wow that's 
That's incredible. So let me hear a little bit more about that. So your your mother is isolating and your daughters went and just played music in the driveway for her? They did. Yeah, they've done that several times. Um, they did that on Easter, on Mother's Day, um, and just kind of whenever they have for their own teachers pieces that they are preparing and, and getting ready for, they'll go and have a run through for grandma in the driveway or in the garage. And she she loves it. So that's um, incredible. It almost makes me think that you could almost do driveway concerts right now to cheer people up because why not? You know, yes, I don't know if you've know. come across anything like that happening. Um, well, a good Go friend of mine who's a, a Suzuki cello teacher is actually planning to just do that this summer. She mentioned to me last night that she was hoping to do driveway concerts with her cello students. I wow. think it's a great idea. That's incredible. So driveway concerts, that's amazing. Um, Siri, what is life like for you as a musician? I, I suppose you're more of a teacher right now that takes up an awful lot of your time. Are you participating in the upcoming Mosey concerts, though? And what are you looking ahead to? What do you feel like are the challenges and maybe the inspirations of being a musician during this time? It's definitely a, a challenging time to be a musician. Um, I am... I will be in many of the videos that Mr. Trevor will be um, presenting um, as part of the Hot Summer Nights um, virtual concerts. Um, so many of the things that I would normally be participating in even this spring were canceled. Um, so that's challenging. I think, um, you know, just trying to find goals for myself just to learn some things to get my my violin chops, so to speak, back in shape, yes. um, setting setting small goals. Um, I think is is my plan. You know, it's hard to predict exactly what the fall will look like in terms of you know performing in in for live audiences. And, so, and I think it makes us look as musicians look inside. Like, why is it that we're doing music? It, you know, of course we want to bring it to people. Of course we want to share it in that way. But it's also a personal thing. So kind of spending some time reflecting on that. Okay, great. Uh, let's bring in, um, we have a caller, Alex Norris uh, is on the line. Alex, uh, thank you for joining the check-in. Where are you calling from? And I believe you're a musician? Yes, yes. I'm calling from actually Iowa City is where I'm based right now. Okay. And uh, do you work with Mosey? Yes, I've been a musician, a violinist for the past four or five years. It's been been quite a while actually okay well thanks for checking in with us how has your experience as a musician changed during this world with everything that's going on well i want to echo siri in saying that teaching and doing zoom lessons has been actually really a lot better than any of us really thought it was going to be hmm. um unfortunately for me teaching was a very small part of my weekly routine i usually I'm kind of a freelance musician. I travel around the Midwest and play in different orchestras um, every week, pretty much. And after all of this happened, I I was looking at a completely empty calendar mm. for months yeah. and months, Yeah, uh, which was a little bit terrifying. <laughs> so it's been a financial hardship. It it's it's it was uh it was very bleak especially with this first all happening. Um, some some um, of the orchestras I've played with have gotten access to grants, federal grants. Okay. So I've been able to, you know, still have some income. It definitely was not all of it. There were so, some orchestras that are just, you know, had to say that we're so sorry. 
Um, you know, they have to, some of these organizations, they have to, you know, make sure that they can still exist. So it's a tough choice for, for a lot of financial reasons of what to do. Yeah, that sounds really tough. And I'm, I'm sorry to hear that you're probably echoing um, the experience of, of hundreds of musicians out there right now. Um, have you heard from other musicians that are in your situation? And have you found any workarounds for this? Um, yes, you know, I, I have talked to a lot of other, I have a lot of, I lived in Chicago mm -hmm. um, for the past few years. And so I've been in contact with a lot of those people. Okay. And I think, I think for some of us, um, we're, we're just kind of rolling up our sleeves and doing kind of odd jobs. Mm -hmm. um, okay. I, I know I, I was doing, um, I was doing some food delivery, oh, wow. you know, mm -hmm. and I, and I'm just kind of doing some stuff I've never, never done before. Mm -hmm. um, because it's good to keep busy and good to, mm -hmm. honestly, yes. new experiences are always valuable. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, you know, Hot Summer Nights is going virtual. Um, Alex, are you looking toward, is your calendar likely to fill up with any sort of virtual types of performances, or is it still staying pretty empty? There are a few. Um, I think for, for, a, for a string quartet concert, for, for a smaller group, there are some workarounds, um, but like um, like Maestro said earlier, for a whole orchestra, it's it's really pretty hard to put something <laughs> together okay. with so much. But yeah, there's a, there are a few things. It's definitely not my typical summer, but there's a couple projects I'm looking forward to for sure. Okay. Well, Alex, I wish you the very best as you go forward. And thank you for calling us and joining this discussion. I think Siri Gaynan's daughters came up with the possible solution here, which is we all need classical music more than ever, right? We need more music. And yeah. so I feel like driveway concerts, <laughs> maybe there yeah. needs to be some sort of nonprofit that, that, you know, a grant somewhere that will fund driveway <laughs> concerts in cities. So uh, let's go for that. Well, Alex, I, I do wish you the best and thank you for calling us. Take care. Thank you. Um, Siri and uh, Trent and, and also Maestro uh, Kirk, I wanted to ask you all, you know, you're in, immersed in the world of classical music, but there's so much performance out there, as we were saying in our intro, just about a concert, more than a concert a day that you could engage with. Do you think audiences might engage more with classical music these days? Are you finding any concerts or what th symphonies are doing online interesting at all? Trent, do you want to take that question? Sure. Yeah, thank you. I think that's a great question. And, and I, I'm hopeful uh, to say that I do believe that um, even though this is unfortunate, that we can't have concerts that are are traditionally, you know, in a, in a performance hall that, that folks can watch that a lot of, of things that I see happening with, you know, symphony orchestras across the country are maybe getting more eyes on them or different eyes on them than they would in the concert hall. And mm -hmm. all of these online videos that they're making um, are, are maybe getting viewed by a different demographic, maybe a demographic that needs to see them, that we've been wanting to see them. And so in some ways, this could be a really uh, wonderful opportunity to engage um, a, a group of people that we we want that we want to have involved. We want to be a part of the team. And, and, and I do want to, you know, just second what you said about how important music is right now. Um, and especially classical music, because, you know, it's, you know, listening to classical music can be such a um, wonderfully cathartic experience in the sense of bringing a sense of peace 
and unity. And I think that right now, more than ever, that is needed for people, you know, as they uh, sort of, you know, muddle through this uncertain time that we're in. I really think that turning to music is a, is a wonderful thing to do to, to kind of help get through the day. Okay, how fascinating that there might be uh, sort of new audiences out there connecting in new ways to classical music. Doesn't surprise me. I can't believe that. So maybe that's a little bit of a silver lining in this uh, scenario. Let's take a call. We have uh, Sarah Dresser calling us. Uh, Sarah works with the city and is also sort of KBIA family. Sarah, thanks for checking in with us. Hi, thank you for having me. And I am also a classically trained musician, so this topic is very near and dear to my heart. Um, And I'm very excited um, that um, the Missouri Symphony is proceeding on um, despite the circumstances and they're finding ways to celebrate their 50th anniversary. And my, you know, my question is, you know, about, you know, how um, us at home can um, expect to be able to attend virtually the performances? Do they plan to have uh, tickets, sales, uh, similar to how you would uh, purchase for a regular season? Um, how, how that's going to work for the, for the public to take part? Awesome question. Trent, do you want to take that? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Actually, these will actually be free concerts. Um, people will be welcome to donate at any time, but we're actually allowing this this season to be completely free for people to watch. What will happen is um, uh, what's going to be really exciting is that each concert beforehand will have a sort of uh, present day message from Maestro Kirk at the beginning. Um, and we will release these just right before concert time, which I believe is 7 p.m. for each concert. They will be released um, via links to YouTube on our Facebook page. We'll send them in an email to everyone who subscribed to our, our newsletter list. Uh, and then once they're released, you'll be able to watch them whenever you want uh, via both the Facebook page or our website. So um, they'll be released on the day of at concert time. And then after that, you're free to watch them whenever you want. Um, they'll be accessible to all. Perfect. Uh, Maestro Kirk, do you have anything yeah. to add to that? Well, I think there are two things here that we have to think about. One is that we're still at the beginning of this whole era. Uh, of newness Mm -hmm. and I think that what it really brought to the forefront is what Siri was alluding to earlier the symphony can't play driveway concert but I think the symphony experience the live concert experience is going to be totally different to the one that we were used to uh, before 2020 for instance I think short I think concerts are going to be shorter I think possibly we may have two sittings I think a concert might be only an hour long, and there might be a 6.30 sitting and an 8.30 sitting, um, because we'll have to, if we're in live, uh, in-person performances, then we'll need to disinfect the chairs and and get one audience out, another in. So I I do see a new concert experience coming down the road. None of us know when we're going to be able to get back to live concerts. It's just the same for the movie business, whether movie theaters will stay open. Uh, Our listener alluded to something I think that's important for us to state is, yes, there are hundreds of wonderful concerts now kind of available. I'm I'm thinking about the Berlin Philharmonic that had their wonderful digital library available for years and the San Francisco Symphony. The danger I see could be that audiences will go and listen to classical music, but not by their local orchestra. And so we are really hopeful that uh, our community will get behind us 
look, we're not charging ticket. The ticket income is not something that we're able to handle at the moment. We, we don't have any ticket income. What we're looking for is down the road for people to become engaged with the Missouri Symphony. And in that engagement may lead down the road to attending concerts or at least supporting what we're doing in our virtual program. All right. Uh, my, my two young boys pay money for subscription to video games and Roblox and Minecraft. So I think that maybe there will come a time when some income will be um, will come to us through the online model. Okay. Thank you so much, Maestro Kirk. Uh, and thanks, actually, Sarah Dresser, thanks for your calling with your musician Welcome. hat on today. <laughs> Take care. And let me thank our guests, Trent Rash, Maestro Kirk Trevor, Siri Gainan. Uh, thanks so much for calling on uh, us and checking in with us today. And congratulations on the 50th anniversary. We wish you all the best. And that's a good reminder to support your local classical music. That's it for today's check-in. We will be back Tuesday. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. I'm Janet Saidi. Stay well and stay in touch.